Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Rank Up, a monthly on-page SEO podcast from Impression. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Ed. How are you doing, Ed? Yeah, very good. Um, super excited to get this started. And I'm very pleased to welcome Rank Up's very first special guest, the head of SEO at Impression, Pete Jovatich. How's it going? Ooh. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Excited as well, like Ted. Like Ed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my nickname, uh, um, well, my nickname in general is Templar, um, just due to a middle name. So if anyone refers to me as um, Temp, you'll know why. Which Pete may well do. Yeah. Podcast, <laughs> as is I think I'm more likely to use Temp than Ed. In the first stage. As long as so, everyone's aware of that. I think this will quite nicely lead into the introductions then, because we've already seen behind the veil for Ed. Yeah. Um, so we'll just introduce uh, we'll just introduce the podcast quickly and what we're going to be doing with Rank Up, uh, what we're hoping to achieve over the course of these episodes, and then we'll introduce ourselves as well, so you know who's talking and and why we want to talk about SEO. Um, so Ed, do you want to kick us off with a quick outline of what we're hoping to do on this podcast? Yeah, certainly. So uh, the Rank Up podcast will aim to discuss uh, on-page SEO, but it may go into other topics as well. Um, yeah, we'll be discussing this with experts from all different backgrounds and industries. Um, this will include anything from uh, personal experiences of success and failure to ongoing developments in the organic space. Awesome, thanks. So yeah, the, the main episode format that we're going to do is each week we're going to look to have a guest. So you'll have me and Ed as your regular co-hosts, uh, and then every month we will have a new guest. So Pete is our first guest for this month. Uh, and the guest will come on with a main topic or idea that they want to talk about, which will form the main segment of the show. Um, we'll ask some questions around that and have a bit of a conversation about why it's worth discussing in the context of on-page SEO. Uh, but then around that, we'll have some other questions, uh, maybe discussing some recent news or some other things of interest. Um, and in most episodes, we'll try to get some questions from either other members of the team here at Impression or from the SEO community on Twitter um, so that we can engage with what other people are thinking about and make sure that we're sort of engaging with the industry as a whole. Okay. Awesome. So we'll go into uh, the introductions now. Uh, my name is Ben. Uh, I will be uh, one of the regular hosts on the Rank Up podcast. Um, I've been working in SEO for about four years now at Impression. Um, and in my role here, I am a content specialist by title. So uh, I have a particular focus on on-page content and writing uh, and all the things we can do with language, uh, including how search engines understand language and how that intersects with uh, human readers online as well. Uh, Ed, how about you? Yeah, so I'll be taking the role as co-host. So um, I'm going to go into the kind of the rabbit holes of SEO and spin a bit of experience and insights, uh, but also welcome people to come to the show um, and chat about new ideas and new methods within SEO, certainly. It's fair to say you've seen quite a lot of change in the industry and been involved in various different practices yes. over the years. Yeah, certainly. So, yeah, I've I come from a space where it was something completely different to where we are now, um, and that's been obviously quite interesting to see a change. Um, but, yeah, as mentioned, there'll be certain things that I focus on, whereas new people have obviously new and exciting ideas and things that maybe I don't see anymore. Um, so yeah, it'll be certainly interesting to chat around that. For sure. And now our guest for the episode, Pete, uh, could you just introduce yourself uh, and also just tell us a bit about your current role and your your career so far? Give us a bit of an idea about what you're bringing to the podcast today. Yeah, sure. So my name is Pete Jovatich. I am the head of SEO here at Impression. Uh, I'll go on to my kind of role shortly, but in terms of my career, 
Um, so not quite as jaded as, as Ed, but I've been, do, been in digital for eight years now. Um, started kind of as an intern in Bristol for an agency called Strategy Digital, which is now Fat Media, uh, before kind of returning to the East Midlands to continue my career, because uh, this is like where I originally grew up. So that was around 2015. Um, had a short kind of time at a local Loughborough agency called Studio 40, uh, before kind of joining the Impression Guys kind of mid-2015. Um, yeah, I think I joined a similar time too, Ed. Um, it's always been kind of an exciting place to work since it's always been kind of such high growth. Um, it's meant we've always been able to learn and progress quite quickly. Yeah. So yeah, with that, started as a senior exec uh, before becoming a strategist, where the role was obviously kind of more account-focused, uh, delivering like day-to-day -day strategy for a small subset of clients at the time. Now I'm more responsible for kind of monitoring top level strategies and working kind of with you guys, with other departments, with the commercial team uh, to ensure we kind of continue to grow and progress um, the SEO services kind of in a, in a sustainable way. Sure. What, um, what kind yeah. of areas of SEO still interest you? Because obviously you have more of a management focused role and sort of organisational role than maybe you've had in the past. Yeah. But obviously you're still an SEO at heart. Yeah, um, So what like... What gets you excited about SEO and what are you interested to carry out or learn more about sort of day to day? Yeah, sure. So I think um, as a practitioner, I probably lean more towards kind of the generalist approach, but I kind of enjoy like all aspects of the discipline. But I think really I'm still kind of technical SEO, yeah. by no means as good as kind of Ed or Charlie here. Um, technical SEO and then kind of the content side of it, but really where kind of learning to like unpack the algorithm and kind of understanding how it works and what it's kind of doing and kind of how that behaves in like the real world. Um, so any time we've been looking at um, sort of the natural language processing or yeah. anything like that, anything where it comes to where it's quite theoretical, where you can get your kind of something new you can get your teeth into. Yeah. And I guess stepping away from SEO, um, I know you've taken a step into management now, so I guess it is advice for anyone that going into kind of a man, man leading an SEO team but maybe it could be any kind of digital space for you really depending on PPC or anything like that yeah, yeah. what do you feel like you've had to um, learn the most in terms of management is there any like particular skills that you didn't think that you were good at that you've developed recently or is there anything like things that you didn't realise you had to be good at in managing an SEO team or <laughs> that's a big question really, away, that's a really you didn't realise it was going to get this intense that's a really good question um, I think one thing I have learned is the idea of staying diplomatic and almost picking your battles sometimes and you can't control everything. Yeah. Whereas some people might have that, perhaps a need to or a want to thinking like, oh, to do a good job of this, I've got to kind of, I've got to control it all, it's got to be just yeah. me, but it doesn't really work that way. I think it's just kind of learning where you can step in and where you can add value and where it's kind of fine for the team to kind of crack on and explore it for themselves. Yeah. Um, I think that's been not really not a challenge, but something I kind of realised because yeah. it is like I guess manning kind of or like fifteen strong as a department, yeah. and it's kind of letting you guys do what you need to do, and then me just I guess trying to steer that, yeah. yeah. Whilst like remaining like a gatekeeper between us and commercial team, yeah, <laughs> and like the directors and that kind of thing. But yeah, to answer the question, yeah, yeah no. It's I like a good question. 
Uh, we will have more questions for Pete as well throughout the podcast during the main segment and also plenty of questions from the team as well. Um, but we will now move into our first mini segment of the day, yep. Top Stories. Cool. Yeah, so um, we've, we want to kind of collate stories that have been, um, I guess, popular in the organic space, we, that be on Twitter or blog posts or what we're actually certainly seeing um, in the search results. So um, one thing that I picked up on, uh, and this is, uh, again, few other things that we're going to be discussing today was I saw a Twitter thread discussing um, EAT, so that's Expertise, Authoritativeness and Trust, and um, it was Russ Jones on Twitter and asking what uh, what do you think are the potential factors, predictors or variables for measuring EAT, and I know this may be a controversial um, topic because I think a lot of people in response to that was saying it's better, you're better spending your time elsewhere investing mm. in other if you are building this kind of predictive model or anything like that, you, you know, your time's best spent elsewhere. Um, but I think it's an interesting discussion. Um, I wasn't a big believer in terms of EAT on site when the algorithms are uh, rolling out in terms of websites being hit. Um, I thought it was just a case of, you know, certain um, low quality content and things like that. But I think most recently, I think there is um, certainly an effort from Google's part to be looking in towards the way that websites display themselves on the site in terms of their, I guess, customer service and how they um, how they promote certain things, but then also the off-site side of things as well. So the link profiles having more diversity, but also um, a lot of trust within these kind of these, these links and privileges that these websites get. But yeah, I think it'll be an interesting topic to discuss. Um, so yeah, Pete, <laughs> do, do you think it's possible to? measure EAT at all or do you think it's again just like a waste of time? I mean as a I guess as a metric to kind of report against perhaps that part's more difficult um, certainly kind of where it comes into play is where because this has obviously been the kind of the crux of kind of algorithm updates for the past two sure. years or so um, in terms of something to like measuring EAT kind of if if sites have been affected by a, uh, negatively by a algorithm updates um, and it is for potential EAT kind of reasons, then as a measurement, kind of kind of getting out of that, um, sorry, getting out of like the decrease in in performance, perhaps will be a way of kind of understanding like how you can measure EAT. Yeah. But I think it's more as a I, th I see it more kind of as a concept. Yeah. That kind of leads to success which is very much the theme in a lot of these replies isn't it like looking yeah. through the thread mm. um a fair few people are saying it's more of a concept as opposed to a single metric yeah, yeah. But is, is it your understanding that there might be metrics that we can measure as part of vat or is it more sort of a best practice checklist like how would you approach it that's a really good question again i yeah. think again i think it's starting with the point that eat technically isn't no, right. That's the thing. I think it's just a case that they focused more on um, these factors around like uh, trusted uh, uh, websites and things like that. But I think when we're talking about EAT now, there's definitely, it's scaled up in terms of like websites, medical websites having to introduce um, the doctors with like their records yeah, and things like that. So kind of this is obviously quite new and yeah, and definitely authorship um, around that. We've certainly seen within the organic space, um, websites that have more um, 
uh, I guess, popular authors writing that content seems to uh, progress a lot better in search mm. and also site-wide visibility too. Um, but yeah, as within AOT, and especially from the links, I think it's, it's all about trying to get, obviously, trusted, well, yeah. coverage on trusted websites uh, and that. So I guess it's just a case of it's accelerated in terms of the way that Google look at EAT in terms yeah. of uh, the content that's reflected on websites. I think um, Murray Haynes most recently spoke around like e-commerce with stuff like uh, delivery and returns and yeah, things course, like yeah, that. Yeah. And also like how much effort you can put more into your product pages to reflect that you are a trusted um, seller. I think these are these are good points, but again, it's something that you you can't measure, but it's something that it's best practice, best practice not only from gaining better visibility in search, but I think Google will have some kind of understanding if a website offers these benefits. Um, but ultimately, I think it's going to improve usability if you promote these things anyway. So. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because I don't think expertise, authority, and trust, they're not really new concepts. No. Um, if anything, they're more in line with, I guess, any form or any channel of marketing. Yeah. Um, Google have been trying to get better at recognizing these things for years as well. Through other kind of yeah, like like proxies for, for that, right? Even thinking about things like Panda and Penguin, at the yeah. end of the day, that's all it's about like building towards sure this. there's yeah. genuine expertise, authority, mm. and trust there. But it's, it's more in line with kind of, I guess, general marketing concepts, right? Yeah. Or yeah. a general marketing approach. And I, I really like the idea of it being kind of intertwined into kind of SEO considerations. Because yeah. then it is, again, it's kind of pushing the whole user-centric approach. It's not really kind of chasing like algorithms or anything like that. Um, so I like it from that perspective. But if we just go back to that, so to Russ Jones's tweet, um, I guess yeah. we'll be linking to this kind of in the writer. Yeah, we can put some, we'll put all of these links in the show notes so that uh, anything we reference today, you can go away and have a look at yourself cool. if you would like. So in terms of measuring EAT, because you asked around, are there any kind of, I guess any metrics that could be a proxy for measuring EAT, which is something we should discuss, but yeah. also kind of be really keen to if I could interview you for a second, <laughs> I'd be really keen to understand what you think the potential factors are in EAT. Because I think a lot of, I think it gets like, I mean, EAT, expertise, authority, interest is quite broad as yeah. a concept, right? But I know kind of sometimes when I'm working with clients and providing consultation, it's like, where is that line and kind of where does it go? Because ultimately it's there for, we're still there to kind of increase organic visibility. Yeah, yeah. I think Click-through rates and that kind of thing. I think there's going to be quite a few areas here. So, in my opinion... Do you know what I mean? In terms of, like, would you be there with kind of recommending, I guess, like, your like deliver, like things about deliveries and returns and that yeah. kind of thing, about us pages, I which I know Marie Haynes has been kind of... Yeah, of. I think it honestly depends on what industry it is. So, yeah. for example, if I was working with, um, again, a website within the finance space or insurance or medical, I think I would push harder in terms of uh, their on-site content and how that's portrayed towards uh, a user and a search engine sure. to be able to understand it. Because we have to understand that there is, there's talk about like these search aggregators where they actually go review the actual SERPs and you know, yeah. review the result pages. So I think in that space, you're obviously under a lot more scrutiny. Um, so I think I would probably invest more in terms of the content and how it's portrayed from that side of things. but I think In those verticals? Yeah, 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 certainly. But I think in general e-commerce, yeah, certainly regarding uh, making sure that you are regarded as a trusted seller for any user that is landed on your website. Yeah. Um, but again, I think it's people can get kind of sidetracked. So if they are reviewing 
um, organic visibility, and then they see they got hit when the, the, they, they went out, they automatically thought that they needed to invest in trust signals or anything across the website, where yeah. it could be loads of issues in the the back end of the website causing these. Yeah, we're still technical defines, yeah. yeah, but I think, it, again, it's, it's important not to be tunnel vision by EAT and mm-hmm. that any update moving forward, yes, it may be a consideration that uh, some of the articles that you write on, you know, trusted sources, or it may be that your product pages aren't best delivering, the best delivering um, kind of trusted information. But I think it's understanding that there's going to be so many other factors yeah. impacting your visibility as well. So it shouldn't be automatic PAT is the issue. PAT is the yeah, issue. and that's the scary thing I think yeah. with, well, no, the thing to be wary of certainly when it's, if you've kind of been hit by any algorithm penalty is to kind of latch onto one thing and kind yeah. of play the narrative around that. Yeah. And you have to do your due diligence around that and yeah. kind of pull as many data points as you can to understand. Because there's a big like competitor consideration there as well, right? Certainly, yeah. And I, but I think on the other side of that, I know we want to discuss more on-page factors, but I think probably if you were looking to build a, something that was really, was able to detect kind of EAT, I think, links will be a lot more measurable in terms of yeah. identifying trusted sources yeah, towards 100%. your website. So I think from an on-page perspective, I think I think it would personally be a, a waste of time to kind of do anything that would aim to predict how friendly your content is or anything like that mm. is. But from a link perspective, I think certainly it could be, you could learn um, high priority sources or relevant sources. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Awesome, I think we'll, we could talk about this topic. For yeah, I just came up with, already came up with more <laughs> things that we could talk about around well, to, that. I guess to summarise it up, um, <laughs> do you think there are factors that can be used to measure EAT? What do you think is? I think measuring it is a, not problematic, but probably needs some like work um, with that. Yeah. In terms of factors, certainly, I think there's a whole host of kind of on-page factors that we've discussed from like authorship citing external sources yeah. kind of with the i guess even just the quality of the content you're producing making sure that's yeah. kind of fact checked and yeah. kind of proofread i mean there's loads of guidelines that google has around this from simply from like spelling and grammar all the way through yeah. to kind of um fact checking it and yeah having it verified by external sources and then like you say um but then even in it's such a massive area. Yeah. As a summary, I'm not even <laughs> summarizing it here. Yeah. Uh, for like e-commerce stuff, then there's all the kind of trust signals there with yeah. your kind of review aggregators, your like delivery information, that kind of thing. Obviously, it's just, I guess it is like industry dependent in the medical space. It's going to yeah. be a whole host of kind of considerations there. But then the off-page stuff kind of, yeah, obviously not to be kind of neglected. You've got to think about your audience, right? Yeah, like, that's pretty much what, it, isn't it? It boils down to Google wants to show web pages that, are valuable sources of information for searchers. So yeah. if you are doing everything in your industry that's available to show what, to show that you are an authoritative and trustworthy source, mm-hmm. then surely you should be in line with, with EAT. Yeah, but I think that's the thing, isn't it? And then like EAT, but as a concept, it's so broad yeah. to kind of be considered an expert and author and a, um, a trustworthy kind of source. Yeah. So much in that, but I think it's, I think if, if, your, if your SEO strategy or your content team or whoever is just bears in mind that, that kind of idea that they want to show these three things, mm-hmm. then you're going to be starting off on the right. On yeah, the yeah having right that now. as a mentality yeah. is like a driver in your strategy and kind of what to do and what to 
what to improve, what to optimize, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think as a discipline, having that as almost like your mantra is really yeah. just just kind of makes sense. But I don't that as a topic, I don't think is anything new. Yeah. No. I love how this is meant to be a summary. A <laughs> 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 summary, and what we've come down to is that it's nothing new. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll do. We'll, we'll go to my my story for the for the month next, which I think will be a shorter one. Um, you say th- that. There's been. Uh, when was it a few weeks ago now we're recording in in mid-february a few weeks ago um we got the news that google was not allowing you to double dip in search results so if you were in the featured snippet you weren't going to get listed in the sort of other normal organic results so and the featured snippet would essentially become position one and then you would have nine other in a standard search you'd have nine other links under that so uh, Dr. Pete at Moz uh, wrote an article early in February um, saying the headline position zero is dead, long live position zero. And the whole point of the article is to essentially look at the data behind this. Is Google doing what it said it's doing? And ultimately asking the question, which I want to put to you guys, is there ever a case for de-optimizing? I'm using air quotes there. Um, and trying to actively get out of the featured snippet, or is it always going to be better to get the featured snippet regardless, even if that means you're not elsewhere in the search? So many good questions. Yeah. I guess as a, because I haven't read this article by Dr. Pete, um, Ben, you mentioned, you questioned, um, sorry, you mentioned how Pete, yeah. um, people's questioning whether they are doing what they said they're doing. Yeah, and, and the is data it? the data shows they are. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so that is kind so, of all rolled out as... as yeah, so the featured snippet becomes essentially one of the 10 yeah, blue links, to use the old phrase. Because um, I guess if you were to like de-optimise it, you could use the... There's a meta robots for that, right? No yeah. snippet. He puts a few things in the article. Um, there's a few ways around it. You can block things, and you can also block particular paragraphs if you feel like there's yeah. a paragraph that might be might be relevant, or you can just try and actively make your content worse which I don't think I would personally ever want to recommend no because I'll probably have knock-on effects it, so it, it's like there are ways to do it but like in my role as a content specialist and trying to help clients produce mm. good content feature snippets have always seemed to naturally dovetail with good quality content and answering yep. questions users are asking and I just I can't think of the scenario where I would say it's better to rank in position three or four than have that featured snippet. I think it's probably, this is going to relate to the wider topic of the episode, right, with regards to no-click searches. But For I think sure, it's yeah. largely to do with the intent, right? Yeah. So if it is a, I mean, I'm speaking kind of broadly here, so yeah. not to put my foot in it or anything like that, but if it is kind of an informational query where the user is looking for, yeah, for detail around a topic, whatever that is, I think in that case, yeah, you certainly want the featured snippet, but is there perhaps a, but then yeah, is there perhaps a case that you a feature snippet would lead to like a no click search? But then obviously it would probably lead to a no click search, similarly to the normal. Yeah, links. I'm and, and I'm there will be no. I'm not doing this based on like behavioural patterns or anything like that. But I'm struggling to think of a scenario where yeah. someone would search something, see your answer box, get information from it, and then go to click towards another website. Yeah. I, I think if there's the opportunity to get, have that featured snippet... I think I'd much rather have them, yeah. not. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Again, if you're removing that, you're then obviously given the opportunity for someone to have it, and you, you're thinking the benefit is that people are going to want to click through to your website to actually get that information. Whereas I think if, pe- if someone doesn't own that featured snippet, 
they're not going to read it and again yeah click through to one of uh, position number two position three i think they're seeing the highlighted box and if they need more information they're more likely to click through towards that because they can see that yeah. the brighter space and <laughs> if you're scared of a no click so yeah. because you've got that snippet that was still going to be the case if you, that, that's, you that's kind of that was my like, second so point it, yeah, it, it, is, it is redundant though I was thinking out loud there it doesn't really yeah, follow, but. it doesn't it doesn't change anything and yeah. if it's going to be a no click search you're unlikely to get any kind of meaningful traffic out of that yeah. anyway yeah. even back in the pre-snippet days yeah. it may just be someone will go on your website then bounce straight off once they've found the answer that's which no they guarantee. can still I mean it, it, there's yeah. no guarantee of any value yeah, if, yeah. Any, if anything with the feature snippet it's just kind of obviously it's more real estate but it's just kind of a souped up listing right so you've got your yeah, kind yeah. of you've got a larger snippet you've got your image there like we've seen it ben only on your a, image well yeah yeah right <laughs> good, very good point uh we've seen it better on like you know which account i'm thinking of in particular yeah. where we've kind of secured a fair few feature snippets and there is kind of a noticeable makes a massive difference makes a massive difference i know you've, yeah. you've seen whole strategies take off because of features yeah so i worked with a in the floor heating client and their strategy was just well i think i was quite lucky because i think when I was working with the client, it was quite early on in terms of feature snippet, mm. and it, it was quite. And it was all the craze, right? Yeah, exactly. So we invested quite, we doubled down on kind of targeting these feature snippets, and that saw so much growth around. And it was informational content that was leading towards conversion, so it was really powerful as well. So I saw the the great side of feature snippets, but I know then what we saw was so much fluctuation around um, feature snippets within like e-commercial spaces or gen spaces or anything like that so i think i was quite lucky to be in that space when it was just happening and we were able to build a strategy around targeting that mm-hmm. um but again it's just the case that if you are if you do have a lot of feature snippets that have no click presence at the moment is it the kind of right content if you're you know answering, well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, answering yeah. questions that are leading towards something else then mm-hmm. i think that should maybe encourage you to write more content that's focused on your product or your service that people would want to learn more about yeah 100%. rather than getting this information and just going elsewhere or mm. i think on the topic of like whether you'd opt to have the featured snippet or not one thing to kind of consider is how featured snippets are valuable across other devices so obviously with mobile yeah. if we're talking about kind of reduced um visibility for your natural the organic listings yeah certainly in like desktop but also that's kind of massively prevalent in mobile yeah. and also featured snippets lend, lend themselves to like voice yeah dr pete mentions that in the article. so i think it's just kind of ultimately surely the conclusion is overall you're going to get a lot more out of it in terms of using that the meta robots kind of no no snippet i think if it was perhaps something sensitive in some way that you didn't sure. want it kind of surfacing on search the same reason you use like a no index tag yeah um Something like that. That's got to be very niche, but I think otherwise, go for it. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. Cool. Can yeah. I end this topic on one tweet and go on. along with it? So I read this tweet and it made me laugh. It says, "If you currently own a lot of snippets that your competitors are eligible for, I would recommend removing them for a week or so before putting them back to assert your dominance and all over SEO teams in the search." Just <laughs> <laughs> an absolute power play. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that from? Who tweeted uh, that? I'm amazing. I'll put it in the. Yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. good nice. so we'll come on to our final top story now from Pete which will also lead quite nicely into our main segment yes. so Pete do you want to introduce your article yep so the article is uh, let me just find it here so 
got it if you want me to read out. Sorry, no, just finding my notes. For you. <laughs> got it, yeah. So it's the nasty side effects of Google search traffic. So this was um, so article written by Kevin Indig, mm-hmm. uh, published um, this week, but then I don't know when this airs. So published on February the, 20th, <laughs> February the 17th, so it's published. Yeah, okay. You probably won't be hearing this till March, so it'll be about a month ago. That's, you? Yeah, <laughs> I did know, like, kind of... Time travel and Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't know what the etiquette's around that. Um, okay, so yeah, published mid-February. Um, and it really kind of plays on the topic of no-click searches. Um, but I, two reasons I liked it, uh, and it kind of really resonated with me. So the first one, it kind of really puts it into context of where it all began. Yeah. Because, um, you know, no-click SERPs kind of didn't just happen. It's been kind of a through line of Google's um, for a number of years now. Um and just, I guess, some of the changes that have been happening relatively recently have been more pronounced. Yeah. Um, but what I really liked is this added kind of to his narrative, almost this like added dimension of like Google traffic being a drug with nasty side effects. Yes. Yeah. Um, like almost like the withdrawal symptoms are now occurring where Google's kind of teasing the rug being pulled from yeah. like the feet of business owners. Can Not that it's that drastic. Can you just explain that a bit more? Like, what, what does he mean by? Google traffic is a drug in sort of practical terms. So I think from what I got from it, um, and this is the part that really related to me, it's kind of, we have this history there with Google, so kind of, what, 90, whenever it was back, what was that, like 97? It, historically, yeah. it's been this kind of fruitful channel for a lot of businesses, and they've managed to capitalize on that. Yeah. And kind of, it's kind of relatively low cost in comparison to other other marketing channels, so better ROI, um, and a lot of people, a lot of businesses, sorry, have been able to make gains from it, kind of multiple gains for a number of years, um, I guess kind of milk that. Yep. Um, I don't know if that's the best word for it. It's, it's a word for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and now I guess it's just, we're at this time where it, it is just acknowledging things are harder now. There's a lot yeah. more kind of um, things at play, whether it is kind of, I mean, it's all down to kind of an increase in SERP features ultimately. Yeah. Um, but the reason it resonated with me, I guess, is just how, um, I mean, we've seen it before working with kind of businesses and how many kind of clients like constantly chase and chase kind of higher their head terms, those kind of high ranking positions for their head terms, yeah. like whatever it takes at whatever the cost, like it's either that or nothing. Um, it's almost like to get their fix. Mm. And now it is becoming kind of, yeah, it bec- it's becoming harder. It's, I think, in the current news that is, I don't think, what I'm getting, I don't think it's that drastic as like okay. perhaps the narrative is playing out. I think we're far, far from that, which we'll probably yeah. discuss yeah. later on. But um, I think with the sorry, just with like the drug side of it, yeah, I thought kind of sometimes people chasing like those head terms, irrespective sometimes of thinking about search intent or yeah. like actually where that is in the conversion funnel and what that's bringing to, you know, I guess, to business and like to the yeah. And I know I'm an SEO, so obviously I want people to invest in my channel but I think it just it highlights the fact that you shouldn't put responsibility on one channel right like it's yeah. important to invest in your own brand it's important to test other channels and experiment mm-hmm. with new new channels that may be showing up and it's not a case that you put all of your eggs in one basket but that's there. that's what's really interesting about this article yeah. so it basically concludes saying how the only way to safeguard yourself is through kind of building brands so yeah. you become like the destination 
Yeah. Um, well, that building you, your brand is ultimately going to have an impact on your organic presence. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it is kind of leveraging like other channels. So yeah. whether it is kind of, um, I guess, paid through kind of ads, shopping, or like social, um, yeah. even kind of organic social, just yeah, TV or kind of above the line things as well. It seems to me that the other thread in the article was about kind of Google's goal in all of this and yeah, why Google's yeah, changing. Yeah, of course, yeah, 100%. And I just wanted, I, I've mentioned that because I really want to mention the metaphor that he uses because it's a Star Wars metaphor and it's great. <laughs> so this is, this is a direct quote from the article and I'm going to put Pete and Ed on the spot to explain this. Okay. So he says, speaking about Google. I know exactly which metaphor it is. Is well. it speaking about Google? He says, the perfect analogy to me is Anakin Skywalker who wants to save his love Padme from death and in the process kills her and becomes evil. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but can you guys explain what he's saying there in the context of what Google's doing? Yeah, yeah. off yeah. the back of this, if you go on my Twitter profile, have a look Shameless at, plug. <laughs> have a, I, did, I think, I, I, admittedly, I did copy this, but I saw it somewhere else, but if you see what I've changed my background to, it actually relates to this metaphor. <laughs> um, that's That's great audio Pete thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, kind of a Star Wars like reference on kind of Google's change like change of tact like becoming a search engine for yeah. everyone to like an answer engine kind of like doubling down more on like Google owned properties in yeah. terms of the metaphor um, I've sprung this on you <laughs> yeah I know so the perfect analogy to me is Anakin Skywalker who wants to love uh, who wants to save his love Padme from death and in the process kills her and become evil so I guess it's the idea of having good intentions yeah. with kind of good. the changes but then ultimately kind of yeah from what from what I sort of read of where that came in you've got essentially Google's trying to aim for this greater yeah. good yeah. And, and in this scenario Anakin is Google Padme is all of the businesses trying to get on Google yeah. and in Google trying to strive for this end goal yeah, that's it, it inadvertently right. yeah. kills, kills Padme kills, kills Padme <laughs> yeah. away and we're, we're left all, we're, left we're all the, just Padme yeah. exactly we're left on the dying on the spaceship at the end of episode 3 having just yeah. given birth to the twins that will save the galaxy so the yeah. image I'm talking about um, <coughs> on the topic of Star Wars references is this snippet from kind of Google's old like MO where it's like a pure search engine, no news feeds, no links to kind of, um, sorry, no ads, no distractions. And there's just an image yeah. next to it. You know that episode one poster where it's yeah. Anakin yeah. and then there's Darth Vader's yeah. shadow in the background. <laughs> and it is this, I don't know why Star Wars is kind of is resonating really well with like Google shift. So would that make Palpatine and Palpatine PPC then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what would that yeah, what would, Palpatine's this like higher power. Yeah, the lure of the dark side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologise for any non-Star Wars fans <laughs> yeah. out there who have... Hopefully, hopefully you've stuck with us through this. We will push past. Before we go too far off, off the yeah, track off and get started talking about Star Wars Episode Nine, we'll go into the main which, segment. Which is a whole podcast of itself. We'll go into our main segment, which leads perfectly on from that. Um, this was Pete's idea. He wanted to talk about no-click SERPs as a really relevant topic for pretty much anyone working in SEO at the moment, but particularly for certain industries, as we'll come on to. Um, so if we just start, Pete, with you saying why did you want to bring this topic? So kind of frame it, why did you want to talk about it and why is it important now? Okay, so I, 
I think it follows the idea of SEO being dead or dying, which publishers have been writing about for a very long death. For, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's a long yeah, um, which certainly has been kind of a, a line I've heard since I guess even starting SEO. Yeah, you know, there's kind of no signs of it dying yet. I think, as I said earlier, it's like ultimately I feel some of the narrative around it is quite drastic. We're far, far from it. It's just certainly something to consider. And it, I do acknowledge that perhaps in some verticals, Google can be considered more of a competitor now mm-hmm. rather yeah. than on your side. Um, and that's the reason I thought it'd be an interesting area of discussion. It's always been this like presence, that idea of SEO dying. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like now it's become, there's a little bit more noise around it. Mm-hmm. So I guess kind of tackling that head on and what our thoughts are. Um, I've got kind of personal feelings around it, yeah. and professional feelings. Yeah. Um, if you want me to go, well, yeah, let's them. let's <laughs> let's start there because obviously this is something you've thought about and got some opinions on. So yeah, that will give us a bit of a direction to go on from here. Okay, so this is stuff that kind of Kevin picks up in his um, article as well. The kind of nasty side effects of Google search traffic. I think one of them is kind of my personal feelings around it is like the idea of Google just commoditizing brands and really reducing them down to kind of price-driven entities. Yeah. So certainly if we take Google Shopping as an example, there's not much there to kind of, there's not much space there for Google, uh, for, sorry, for brands to kind of talk about their brand, right? Yeah, Businesses yeah. talk about their brand. Um, and it's kind of taking the tact of Amazon where it is pretty much just like you're there on price and that's it's really reductive in that sense. Yeah. yeah where a brand is obviously so much more. Um, this one, another thing that I was thinking, and I'm kind of battling with this in my head, is Google kind of not obeying the agreement. So the idea of websites, we provide the information, Google yeah. crawls it, presents this information, and then sends traffic to the web. Yeah, yeah. But it's, that's where kind of they've been a bit cheeky in the past around not citing kind of who they're referencing in SERP features, whether they're carousels yeah. or like, the lyric, the kind of lyric case that he comes up a lot with genius, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my personal feelings about it. I don't know if you want to talk around well, them more. Yeah, Ed, do you, where do you stand on this, at least even just from a kind of ethical, personal point of view? Yeah, I mean, there'll be, I think there's certainly industries now that I would be cautious of going into, like yeah. the f- flights and everything like that, hotels, and there's certainly like hotels. hotels. I mean, there's certainly things that you can do around that you can do organically that helps promote the website better in these spaces. Mm-hmm. But I would, I don't think you are able to see that level of growth that you did say five years ago as you would now just because in those verticals. Yes, just because it's like you say, it's more price driven. It's all presented on that SERP, so yeah, it's it's going to be hard to compete within that space. So I think that has changed my as perception you, on certain industries. As a punter, yeah, if you. It's really interesting. Last night, because me and my girlfriend were looking at our like summer holiday plans so yeah. far, and yeah. I was looking at flights. So literally, the search term yeah. was flights from uh, like London to Bali. Yeah. And then the um, you know the SERP feature that comes yeah. up for that, like round yeah. flights. I actively like bypass that. I mean, there's oh. there's definitely a bias there because I'm like yeah. in this here. <laughs> but I don't think that as I don't. I think you can still. They're not. This is where you kind of have to deem Google yeah. as a competitor. And actually, I actually would have, I, I chose to go on Skyscanner. Yeah. Oh, really? Then use that. I think that was more, granted I am like bias. Yeah. I'd love to see some kind of like research on this using kind of a like 
big data yeah. project with like actual users. But funny thing is, I'm actually a big fan of Google Flights. Oh, <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on we just, but um, but that I think that's more within the 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 website of Google Flights rather than it being presented on search. So obviously, I want yeah. to yeah, okay. I want to be promoted a range of websites so I can get a, a varied opinion rather than being sure. You know, yeah, focused on that. So yeah, I guess my my. My opinion is that I am hesitant around certain industries. Fortunately, I'm not working in them at the moment or working with a client within uh, the flight space. So I think I my opinion isn't as big as some others, um, mm. some other people within SEO. Um, but it does make me cautious for things that we are certainly seeing recently with um, Hugo created a, Hugo from Impression actually created a great blog post around like, the college. university space yeah. and the college space, I think, which is, um, an interesting and kind of daunting area as well, mm. um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's just a case that I'm not working in those industries, but I certainly can see the impact that it could have, and 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 is having at the moment. Hundred percent, yeah. In um, some of the stuff that I've read about this, it may even have been in that in Kevin's article. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, where there's the new particular around flights and mm -hmm. travel with um, companies like I think it's Expedia yes. really suffering from yeah. From when these are here, I'm pretty sure it is Kevin's article actually. Now I think about that, where he talks about Expedia, and yes, yeah, so this is it like calls like TripAdvisor and Expedia's stock to plunge. Yeah, that was the, that's crazy. That the fact that their organic decline. I think it was um, that was actually an algorithm updated for them. I believe oh, that really? caused their stock to decline a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I think in terms of industries relying on organic search, I think the travel industry is so so reliable yeah but that's a that's a competitive space anyway right yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is where i think google might be slightly different here or the kind of underlying thing to all of this is that for google to be able to offer its service it needs these businesses to buy in to some extent and also to be kind of there and doing well and having their own competition to give the choices on google like yeah if say i mean we have seen travel companies go under recently for a variety of reasons but say expedia was to go under and Google was to lose all of that information from its yeah. search features. Yeah. The features would be weaker as yeah. a result, mm -hmm. but at least some of that organic decline is being caused by Google. So it's a bit of a weird double-edged sword, isn't yeah. it? It's a strange thing. Where could it come back to bite Google if they're not careful with yeah. the traffic they're taking from these sites? Until they introduce Google Flight, which is their own airline. Oh God, literally yeah. dystopian future. Self-driven with a Google Maps camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't even seem that crazy. That's the, that's the worrying part. Yeah, it's a strange one. Because um, I think within that, the travel space, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, at the moment, it's quite vertical dependent, mm -hmm. isn't it? But then yeah. what Kevin talks about as well is how actually, I think he used some SEMrush data here, how it's a lot of like these guys Booking.com, uh, TripAdvisor, uh, Trivago—that kind of, those kinds of those kinds of large sites—they're they're actually like largely relying on direct traffic as well, yeah. which is I guess like undeniably sh like highlights the importance of brand like in this space, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it is all about brand building. I think just going into it because I, I feel like the lyric snippet is like really. Um, interesting as well i know kind of as like a music lover myself mm. 
just like I think I tweeted about this like relatively recently. Just I don't think like just because Google's presenting a cert feature around some kind of information. It Think this I don't think it's like a lost cause because yeah. I actively bypass that lyric snippet and go yeah. to like genius because I don't think Google can ever um, replicate what genius yeah. have created. No, because they annotate the lyrics. And Which is and awesome, DJs. yeah, yeah. And as a kind of music lover, to have that yeah. like heightened detail is like what I want to see. Because I'm, yeah, probably there having lyrics to kind of like, not sing along out loud, certainly yeah. in my head, but like <laughs> actually knowing kind of, because you invest in like bands, right? And um, Yeah, you want to you yeah, what yeah, they actually talk about, and that's what genius do. And I don't think that kind of detail, because yeah. Google's like obviously like a search engine, for like all information, obviously. Like I don't think they can realistically in, invest in that kind of detail but that other brands can. And I think the, that's kind of the key. But the businesses can still be hurt though, because for yeah, for, so lyrics is a perfect example where, to my understanding, a lot of those sites it's going to be ad revenue, which is yeah. bringing mm-hmm. in a lot of their money, which obviously directly tied to traffic and page views. And yes, there's going to be a percentage of people who are like you who want the extra features. Mm-hmm. But I'll be completely honest. Someone like me who's just like, what are they saying in that chorus? <laughs> yeah. like, someone like me yeah. isn't going to stop at the Google yeah. feature where previously I would have gone to the site and that would have been a visit that they well, can yeah, use. Yeah, for your own, but then it's kind of coming down to like the idea of target audience, right? Because yeah. I feel like Genius probably have their target audience is perhaps more your the music lover who's more invested in but, kind of their bands. But as long as revenue is dependent on ads, they're going to need the Volume. traffic from people yeah. like me to keep raking in the money. But Ben, when you said that, you obviously referred to the search result. I think that for you, that's a good user experience, right? Because yes. you're, you're doing one search, you're not having to go click through to yeah, a website, that's you're able to find that within two, three seconds. Yeah, yeah, I can't which argue is, that. Which is, and on that I point, to admit, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, that's kind of, you know when I said earlier about Google not obeying the agreement? Yeah. The flip side of that is like, do they owe us anything? I guess that's the debate, right? Yeah. And should we really put all our eggs in that basket? Um, because do they, they, they do owe it, I guess because they are crawling like everyone's content. Well, the, the, right? the you, you have to, there's, there's no other, you know, competitive search engine against them that we can ultimately yeah. refer to. It's the case that that's how society explores the web now yeah. and that may change over time and it may that's right, but that's, and it's, when it's societal it's going to take years for yeah, that to yeah. kind of and there's, I know there's like DuckDuckGo that are going uh, I know Bing hasn't made any kind of steps to improve in this space but there may be other searches that increase by like 0.5 not even that but yeah. ultimately we're always going to probably refer to Google to find websites on the internet that's the crux of as far as i understand it the lawsuits that have been brought yeah. against yeah. google from the likes yeah, of genius yeah, yeah. and the sort of it's this whole idea of anti-competition yeah. isn't it the, the monopoly yeah. and the idea that that's not just affecting search engines now but affecting all kinds of websites with what you've mentioned like Goog- in certain industries at least like jobs also comes to mind mm-hmm. google is in many ways the competitor to sites like indeed and those other aggregators yeah, yeah. i mean it's funny because it does actually relate directly to kind of the, I guess, the legal action, like the court cases that have been, that yeah. they've been involved with, with the kind of, in the States last year. Yeah. You know, I imagine that kind of, that trial's still going on. Yeah. Um, there's one more recently, I was reading into it, um, there was one more recently around, yeah, the EU. Yeah. So they're in court at the moment, kind of, with the EU, because um, I'm trying to pull up some information here. Um, 
over kind of like antitrust fines. Yeah. And apparently, I've read, I actually got in a bit of a rabbit hole about this the other day. And like, I think Google have like, if you go on their Wikipedia, just their legal team, how much that's grown <laughs> since they're like, since they started is insane. <laughs> like, they've got like hundreds of people, like hundreds yeah. of lawyers, like solicitors kind of fighting this stuff. Yeah. Um, Before we wrap this up as well, and I know this is the discussion around no click serps and that but i was thinking the other day regarding the ad space within google and i know there's certain people like for example my parents they didn't know that clicking those um those results ads. at the top of the search results years ago whereas even though it's clearly highlighted in yellow it had oh, back in the day, yeah, but even yeah. now that's not it's not highlighted and it's a tiny yeah. little ad it's come to a point now where they can't do anything else right there's they can increase the Right. Well, we they, talked about they this. Can't, they can't change the colour of it anymore. The, yeah. the only thing that they could do is remove that because that's the last remaining home yeah. that we've got. That, so, that no, they've for completed sure. it, surely. That's, they so this, do you remember we talked about this the yeah. other day? Because it is this whole idea of like, how far can they push it? They can't. If we do it in an e commerce space, right? Yeah. You have, um, so obviously you have your Google shopping results, you'll yeah. have some search ads, you might, depending on the query, you might have like a knowledge, some kind of knowledge graph, which they kind of yeah. introduced. Um, you'll have some like PAA boxes, maybe some news carousels. Like, how much can they invest to destroy all that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like I'm sure there's like Lord of the Rings memes. Yeah, that we'll borrow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that is a valid point. Like, how much? Yeah. Is like well, until they get like diminishing returns on their kind of. But, yeah. like, but that's that's what they. I think they run the risk of is now it's. I think for us it's easy to identify ads, but certainly with someone maybe um, new to the internet, um, searching on mobiles especially, that ads are quite—it's quite hard to identify. But I think eventually people will be, will be growing up with Google, so that ultimately I think they will understand that yes, all of the top results are ads, so they refer towards organic listings. Not not always the case, certainly. But I think just within this space, if they continue to improve the advertising space and I think I, d I personally don't think they can alter the appearance to make it look more like an organic listing but they're going to destroy the user experience on Google and therefore that will help other search engines yeah. rise because they may be only serving two ads which are quite obvious but ultimately provide better search results and people don't, don't go to Google to be listed by ads they want to research yeah. queries they want to ask That's questions really and go well. to you know websites that are able to answer in that so i think but that's the right. position now there where they can't really alter the appearance well diminish the appearance too much to make it look like an organic listing and if they do i think they're going to help spread take users towards mm -hmm. another space that's likely where they've perhaps one of the reasons they've invested in kind of other platforms so you know kind of advertising through like gmail yeah. that kind of thing um i think that's a really valid point should we i feel like there's been an undercurrent of like negativity around yeah, yeah. Like the tone of the conversation in terms of what it means for businesses yeah, so yeah. i had the, you know mentioned about some like personal feelings around it yeah. and then that's like what we talked about i guess is like kind of my personal feelings yeah in terms of like professionally and like the opportunity because yeah. the reality is so a lot of this was driven by kind of Rand fishkin at spark toro right looking at that jump shot data yeah and if you actually look at that data there yeah no click searches have been increasing Paid clicks have also been increasing, yeah. but kind of in comparison to, I think there's more kind of no click searches than 
clicks towards like organic or paid. Yeah. But the how much kind of how many organic clicks are left is still substantial. Oh. It's not to be understated. Yeah. Like and that I is a lot. Like and it's not as okay. Some verticals have been affected. Yeah. And where you can start deeming Google as a competitor, but still I mean I'll still do searches as like a casual user and it's still it's fairly kind of akin yeah. to what it was like uh, years ago it's not as populated yeah like. and I think especially like we say it's in certain verticals it, I think you will probably see the impact but I think from myself working in the SEO industry I've from a company that's invested in SEO both structurally and content wise they've seen growth and it's the case that they've I've not seen a decrease in click-through rate over time I think if you continue to invest in SEO, um, you will see, mm. um, as long as you correct SEO, yeah. you will see returns from that in terms of organic traffic. I, I don't, I, I think it's a topic worth discussing, but ultimately I think, like you say, people have been writing around SEO articles, uh, SEO being dead for years. <laughs> it's it's, not, it's, it, it's going to get to a point where yeah. people can't do much more, but ultimately people will always refer to, or not always, but people will still refer to organic results. And, because it is, yeah, I think with that, we just need to remember it's got, as a marketing channel, it's kind of, okay, it's a tricky thing of speaking like broadly and generally, but yeah. like by and large, it's far cheaper than kind of something like paid, right? Yes, yeah. It's in terms of kind of ROI, substantially cheaper. Um, it's still kind of so much opportunity to go yeah. out, so much search. Tools are kind of getting better at um, things like Ahrefs, are getting yeah. better at providing you with data to kind of inform your targeting strategy around certain keywords, mm. how they kind of, how much, like how much of those like lend themselves to clicks and no clicks. Yeah. So you can use that to your advantage. So like through your targeting strategy. Um, and I think that whole thing about still being kind of the destination kind of does, does work. Yeah. That's the reason we'll go to kind of your skyscanners, your genius. Mm. Kind of thing. So to make it a bit more, or slightly more concrete, although still a, at this stage a hypothetical example, which I'll put to you guys. So one of my clients is a higher education organisation, will certainly be impacted by the college cert as and when it yeah. comes to the UK. Is that ro sorry to stop? Is that rolled out in the US now? US, yeah, Has, and right. US and India, I believe. Yeah. yeah okay. um, so assuming that's successful, assuming it comes to the UK, what if? Being in, putting yourself in my shoes, what would you be saying to the client and what would you be doing as part of that strategy to prepare for it and to see the best of it and you know come out of it as well as possible the other side? Always bringing the good questions. <laughs> I think I may have an answer if you want me to go first. <laughs> yeah, you go first. So I think the first priority would be the short term is making structured data all correct across the website and making sure that you're able to actually display these feeds yeah. correctly. And yeah. making also, if you're able to, to optimize these with reviews or anything like that. that I actually leverage these set features. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So trying to actually accept that it is coming and then be able to compete in that yeah. space. I think then the second area could be to understand where else you can drive organic traffic. So for example, if it is the case that people are searching law courses, understand what searches around law to bring up these uh, features, so maybe questions around someone to wanting to take in, uh, sign up to a certain course or anything like yeah. that, and actually creating valuable content around that and trying to get visitors from that space, which would then hopefully try and promote on your when, once they're on your website yeah. towards the um, the course areas. So, yeah. so I think 
ultimately accept that it is coming in, yeah. structuring your website for it, but then also trying to diverse your traffic so that you're not relying on these these terms that are going to be impacted. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I, I think in some ways, knowing what I do about that sector, yeah. having worked in it for a, a bit over a year now, uh, at working with this client, is I don't think there's loads of investment into into online marketing, into sure. SEO. Yeah. Um, so, it, at least in the shorter term, it could be an opportunity. If we can get this client, like get all the structured data in place, get everything looking great, then we may actually actually benefit from this and, mm -hmm. and improve as a result, even if the traffic is coming from a slightly different source in a slightly different way. Yeah. If we're looking the best out of all the competitors in, in those SERP features, mm -hmm. then that could actually be a benefit the only other thing I would add to that then is just investment in I guess brand awareness and promoting kind of the brand yeah. and I guess in that sense kind of using digital PR I just think that's still one thing that they can't like can't take away from because yeah. <laughs> you know so people to actually recognize who your business I mean we talking about kind of universities here but yeah. with whatever the kind of business is yeah. um, think that as a technique so people do search and recognize who you are yeah. and you become the go-to is kind of that's how you can really safeguard yourself well I, I really like um, what the open university has done around this I don't know any stats for it I'm sure it'd be interesting to pull some search volumes and see but in their offline campaigns I remember seeing it at the cinema and I think I don't know if they got print yeah. and other stuff but they the main call to action for those campaigns is search. OU, yeah. I think it's like OU Connect. Or Have something. you noticed how that's been a trend? I wrote a blog post on it, Pete. Did <laughs> you? I did. Oh. Put it in the Pete, Pete clearly didn't read that. <laughs> Put my foot in that, didn't I? I got a compliment from Liam, the head of PPC, but not from, not from <laughs> my boss. <laughs> uh, oh, but that then, is there a shame, I do apologise. There are more companies doing it, because even just outside our office, Fredo had an advert for a while, which the was something bar. like, yeah, the chocolate bar Fredo. Nice. There was an advert there that was some, something like Search Fredo's Big Adventure, and they had a whole yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's it's increasing these, brand searches. It's, right. it's trying to shape the way your users are searching to make sure that it's, it's the assumption, like you were saying earlier, Google search is the lifestyle now. That's how people yeah, use yeah, the yeah, internet. Yeah, so it's then doing what you can to shape the way they use it to make sure that they don't see your competition and they're not seeing these no click searches. They're just coming straight to your website. For the Open University, I can see, I don't know exactly how that will fit into the college SERPs, I can see that being a challenge for them yeah. potentially because they're not a traditional institution, mm -hmm. but if they have people searching in another way already and they're building that brand through their other channels, yeah. then they can leverage organic search to get people to That's the pages really they want them to visit. So on that point, just put my like tinfoil hat on, yeah. or like, not, I mean, maybe be a bit cynical. Um, did you know Tom Kappa's study around um, high rankings correlated with brand than they are domain authority. Do yeah. Because my first, how's irrespective well, of- How's brand measured there? Um, I'll have to dig out the study again, but yeah, like search volume for the brand or perhaps like Google trend data and, and things like that, I suspect. Yeah. Um, he basically found kind of data that suggested that metrics towards kind of increasing brand awareness. Yeah. So proxies for that. Are more correlated with higher rankings than they are than domain authority than yeah. the traditional ones. And it was yeah. to do. Uh, but what? So what I was thinking though, with the whole uh, with the call to action being search the business. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like those, those that kind of thing works hand in hand, right? Yeah. 
because if there is kind of correlation between like brand yeah. and it kind of goes into like establishing yourself as an entity yeah seems to me that will kind of bode well for kind of your perhaps your non-branded yeah. presence anyway this is it, it comes back you, it, comes, it comes down to multi-channel doesn't it you have to be to succeed in that kind of way yeah. you can't just rely on yeah. Which is what and, and Kevin's saying in his article as well, isn't it? You need whether it's social, whether it's if you've got the budget mm. for it, TV, whatever you're doing, mm. wherever it works for your company, you need that stuff to then shape the search that you see through organic. And I guess this to also focus on maybe a positive note, something we talked about it quite <laughs> negatively, is that I think it's positive for a company that is invested in multiple channels that helps to build brand brands um, because. If you are a one-man band, like an affiliate website, who's an SEO, who's trying to invest in building a website that provides leads or anything, and you rely purely on organic traffic, that's going to be quite hard now, isn't it? Because ultimately, you're yeah. going to be going against websites that have so much more coming towards the website in terms of the traffic and like the brand signals and everything around yeah, that. Yeah, so, yeah. And also like the coverage. So I think it's, it's quite positive for businesses out there that may rely on other channels that help would ultimately help um, drive traffic from an organic yeah, yeah, but then yeah. ultimately I think if you are a one man one person band I guess invested in um, yeah in purely SEO it, it can be quite thing. scary but then that's probably just more down yeah. to and there's definitely been more investment like in SEO over the years yeah. that's just perhaps just down to general kind of the market becoming more competitive in general right yeah because um, yeah, Certainly, Ed, I suspect when you started, like, perhaps in some spaces it was less competitive, right? And then you, there's yeah. so many more kind of business. And if you actually look at, like, industry figures, yeah. like, SEO has grown, yeah. kind of continues to grow in terms yeah. of investment into that channel. Yeah, so. and I think it was the case that anyone could rank for a specific term, yeah. as long as you knew the so right practices, right? Put Whereas, load of links. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we'll we'll leave this topic there. I think like everything we've talked about today, we could go on a lot longer. Um, but we still got a couple of segments that I want to do before we run too long. Yeah. Um, this first one, especially, I'm going to let Pete and Ed introduce it properly because I'm so happy about this, this this segment has been in the works for I think I don't think it'd be an exaggeration to say years no. that this no. idea has been floating around. Who wants to start? Um, what well, is your was, idea? So you can introduce sure, it. Basically, as Ben mentioned, I think it was perhaps two years is even a stretch. I don't think. Yeah, I think no. uh, it was back in our old office, which was over two years. Yeah, ago. so <laughs> we have this um, theme in the office where we come up with stupid puns <laughs> around search, and then I had this idea to create a podcast. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I this I idea to see how excited <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy it's come to fruition. <laughs> I had this idea of creating a podcast uh, that kind of looks into. Uh, anomalies or perhaps things that seemingly are strange within kind of SERPs and what's happening with them. Yeah. And calling it the robot's text files <laughs> as a play on the robot. Uh, sorry, as a play on... <laughs> you ruined the text I know. I had <laughs> The robot's text files um, a play on the X-Files. The robot's text files, um, the truth is out there. So this is a <laughs> SEO myth-busting situation uh, and we basically try to explore the mysteries of organic search so uh, we've had a submission here from charlie who's so charlie's a senior technical seo specialist at impression um, and his question is why does uh, the wrong page sometimes rank in serps um, 
So I won't go into the specific website that's having the issue, um, but I would highlight, and this is a specific product on an e-commerce website, um, and it's, um, I think the theme is, is that the product is quite, it's a, it's a branded product, and yeah. it's got basically annotations towards that. So it may come in different sizes, it may come in different colors or anything like that. Yeah, so ultimately, there's, I believe there's quite a lot of search volume for the individual product, but there's so many varieties of that same branded product that this e-commerce store owns. Um, and ultimately, what would be good to understand is how you, you would deal with the product cannibalization when different products are all targeting the same keywords for the same search volume. Yeah. Just, just to add a bit more context to that, Charlie and I were chatting about this yesterday and the issue is complicated by the fact that there are, so in this particular example, there are four variants of the product, including the main, the including parent, the kind of the, yeah, the sort of non-adjusted version. So each of these variants, however, has a reason to exist and be indexed because mm -hmm. there is volume, search volume around all of them. So we can't just canonicalize or no index no. them. Um, but what Charlie's seen is some, some situations where you've had the sort of the main parent page then dropping out of the rankings for the base keyword with a variant coming in and ranking lower. So I think the, parent, it, the, the main one was ranking position three drops out, the multi-pack version comes in at position 10, which obviously isn't great. Yeah. But then also he, I've got a screenshot in our show notes here, which we're looking at where there are actually different landing pages ranking on desktop and smartphone as well. Again, it's one variant is ranking in one place and the parent is ranking in another place. So we don't have time to spend ages on this, but how would you start to tackle this topic? We'll start with you, Pete, put you on the spot. So I think aside from, because I was thinking about this yesterday, I think obviously there's going to be some element of on-page optimization there. Yeah. I haven't actually looked at these four pages in question, but that would be my first port of call. Yeah. But I think once you kind of start it's almost you get into the territory of like diminishing returns with on-page optimization, making mm. these small tweaks, and it's actually not going to amount to anything. I think the one thing, if we're talking about the one like lever I would pull for yeah. something like this, it would be links, yeah. either internally yeah. or kind of externally, like inbound links. Yeah. So if it is like with calculated, um, kind of considered anchor text from yeah. um, kind of understanding how the three, I guess, facet pages are linking to that parent. Yeah. Um, understand how, and then vice versa, how the parents linking to the child. But understanding kind of the, um, I guess looking at metrics like deep rank or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so which is the authoritative page? I think if I was going to do one, use one lever, I think it would be that one. Yeah. Do you agree with that, Ed? Yeah. Yeah. I think I do. I think also. I think fortunately in this situation it's quite small in terms of the product. There's only yeah. four pages being impacted. I think if this is on scale across a website where you have five, you know, hundreds and hundreds of products, it's gonna be hard to ultimately make optimization. Scale that. So scale, yeah. yeah. But I think within this, I would certainly look in towards the volumes via the difference between the products, say for example, size, or if it was color or anything like that. I would look into the search volumes behind that and see ultimately what people are wanting from that specific product that's different to the other and then trying to somehow like i said i think it's good in this situation because it's only four pages so you could bring something unique to the page in terms of targeting or informational mm -hmm. content on that product page that would separate it from the others because there's only four whereas mm -hmm. i think that would be one area to go at um however if you were doing that scale i think that's 
possible. And then, like you said, I think from an, uh, a link perspective as well. So highlighting that to Google from an internal linking perspective, if you are able to get external link, great, but I imagine so, that would be quite hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think in terms of like product guides, um, and other like situations yeah, like yeah, yeah. having them linked yeah, to the having them yeah. correct well not correctly but having them more prominent in certain pages that, that you want to rank because that's the thing I, I think that's the right way to go about yeah. it yeah. I think a plaster would be like a canonical but then it's yeah. the question of whether Google A would respect the canonical yeah. but then B you're discounting those from ranking and yeah, as you yeah, mentioned yeah, Ben they have their own purpose with regards to kind of targeting yeah. If they are like the facet, like kind of longer tail, yeah. people are still going to be searching for it. So you don't want to discount them. You want yeah, to kind absolutely. of make sure they all, it works kind of all, all four pages are kind of there in the index. Yeah. Um, so I think something like that, because I've seen that happen before, but I'm not a big fan of it. I think that's kind yeah. of, like I say, it's a plaster that's probably going to do more harm than good. I'll just say, just to, to wrap up this section now, this is one of the recurring segments that we would like to do. Um, so, you see, we can, we'll be seeing things day to day that we might want to put in here, but we're also um, really happy to receive any suggestions from you, our listeners. Um, if you have any problems that you are struggling with, with your particular clients or businesses, uh, we can keep it all anonymous. Uh, please do feel free to send them in, or if you just have questions or SEO myths that you're not sure about, any sort of myths and mysteries uh, fall under the purview of the robots.txt files. Because the truth is out there. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> Usually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. The truth <laughs> is out there, dot, dot, dot. It depends. <laughs> so we'll come on to our final segment, and I'm not going to ask all of the questions that I had here because I'm aware we've run fairly long already. Yeah. Um, we're going to have this segment in most episodes, the People Also Asked yeah. section, which is really just a chance to ask our guest of the month some extra questions. Uh, as I said, at the top of the podcast, we've got some questions from our team. Uh, in the future, if you've got questions you would like to send in to our guests, we'll put stuff out on Twitter and you can send that in uh, by Twitter, LinkedIn as well, anything like that. Get in touch and we'd be more than happy to put them to our guest. Um, but Pete, I'm going to skip a couple of these because I think some of them will be too big to cover in sort of a short. Mm -hmm. What's your process for checking whether your client has been hit by an algorithm update? Sure. So with that, I would start by kind of using tools such as uh, search metrics, SEMrush or Hrefs, kind of those tools that kind of look at, I guess, aggregated organic, um, your kind of aggregated like keyword presence yep. where they um, kind of build a picture of what your kind of organic traffic looks like and see kind of if there is anything there noticeable uh, that's kind of seen kind of like a marked hit yep. or marked increase. Um, but then I guess that's, but that's dependent on kind of waiting for the data to populate. Yeah. Which takes a couple of days, yeah. doesn't it, at least. So that's probably something I would use to kind of keep referring back to as like supportive evidence. I think the first thing I would do is just kind of look at like week on week data yeah. through analytics yeah. to see if there's kind of a marked increase or decrease there. Um, and then look into things like, I guess, ranking positions, be that through Search Console or kind of, I mean, we use uh, stat here in house, mm -hmm. but kind of any other kind of ranking providers. But probably in in order, then probably look at analytics first yeah. with the week on week stuff. Mm -hmm. 
and then kind of get supporting evidence from kind of keywords sure. uh, through yeah start search console and then before looking inside search metrics. So I actually answered that backwards. <laughs> but, yeah. Good answer. Thank you. Um, another one coming from uh, Helen, also in our SEO team. Uh, but Helen has crossed over from PPC in her time at Impression, so brings quite an interesting insight there. And she's put a question along those lines to, to you, Pete. Uh, and Edge, you might want to jump in as well here because it does relate to some of what we've been talking about. Uh, do you ever consider the impact that paid ads have on searcher behaviour when working on your SEO strategy? We'll start there. There is a second part, but I think that. Yeah, so one really, a recent case study that's kind of related to this was working for a, a client of mine who were actually like organically, though, um, obviously there was a lot of kind of opportunity still to go at, but kind of at a base level, their visibility was really good. Yeah. And kind of some of the kind of keywords they were ranking for. And the topics they were ranking for were really solid, kind of talking like top three positions. Um, and SEO for them had always been kind of a profitable channel. Yeah. Um, but they were, kind of, so it was an e-commerce client. Um, problem is, like, so with that, they have like the search ads and then the paid ads. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, search ads and then the Google Shopping. Yeah. Um, Google Shopping stuff. So I obviously kind of said to them as a, something to explore is perhaps investing in paid. Yeah. But because they're kind of, it's kind of low ticket items. They just have yeah. to sell kind of, they obviously rely on kind of selling in, in bulk and yeah. like en masse. Um, a lot of their competitors were competing in paid, yeah. but it actually wasn't no way near as profitable for them because they're kind of, the kind of clicks and the sure. like, um, cost per clicks were so high, it yeah. didn't actually work out. Yeah. So again, it's really, that's just one that kind of I thought of immediately when I read this question. Yeah. Um, I think it can be like, Dependent on your vertical and if it is yeah. profitable, because once you get it right, I and mean, the ideal is that you get it, you get it right, and then you can play off the two, yeah. and that's where it really becomes exciting. Um, but I don't think it is like sometimes it is. It's really dependent on vertical. I think that sometimes it is like there's definitely opportunity in paid, yeah. depending on your budget and kind of what the CPCs are like. Um, in others, it may not make business sense, yeah. but it certainly does give you like a competitive edge in terms of real estate. Yeah. yeah. I think with this as well, I think the channels complement uh, each other in two separate ways. So I see it as from uh, SEO benefiting from P uh, a company investing in PPC yeah. is that ultimately if you are investing in SEO strategy um, with uh, websites that just launched, you're going to probably see returns maybe three to six months down the line. But if they're investing in PPC, automatically you'll be able to see the search queries that convert well or yeah. more people are searching. So you from the SEO side that. of things, you can use that data to invest, well, to combine with your SEO strategy and make improvements across your website. Well, I guess what you're using kind of, yeah. understanding what works, what doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. And then from the PPC side of things, they'll be able to benefit from the traffic that we're driving towards the website. So we were talking earlier about informational content. Yeah. So this will allow uh, paid teams to retarget towards users retarget, that yeah, are yeah, researching informational content and that will probably higher up the, the conversion for another search. Um, so I think that the two entirely different areas, but I think it, it is important to know that they do, they, well, they can benefit each other. It's just in very different ways. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think where we can really lean on those is the, we're doing at the moment with Nathan kind of creating scripts that are really terms of like the data we can get from PPC to kind of leverage in SEO. Um, I think it's really exciting. It just needs a bit of like 
like a strategical like yeah. thought and like yeah. calculation there. Well, we've seen it. I've definitely seen it on a few clients as well where we know that a service is desirable because it's achieving clicks and conversions yeah. through PPC, but it yeah. might just not be there yet organically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but there's a real business case then for going after that service more organically and making yeah. it a priority because you know that if you can start appearing there in the organic part of the SERPs, then you are highly likely to get conversions off the back of it. Yeah. And you can even see exactly the kind of keywords that are driving those mm-hmm. conversions and making sure you're targeting the right kind. I think I know what in that client you're talking about. And in that instance, like if we were to, because um, we've been doing just that right and yeah. trying to kind of increase organic visibility for yeah. those kind of for those terms, what we can what we can actually get to is again it comes back to my first point. The terms that we're kind of bidding for via pe- via paid, yeah, uh, they do come with kind of quite a considerable like cost per click. Yeah. So sure. if we can kind of increase organic. Uh, visibility on that it can kind of pull pull back on paid yeah um so they can work hand in hand in that way almost it's kind of like a a stop gap right yeah because at the moment the client's just in a position where they're having to just keep increasing their budget essentially yeah because that's the only way they can get the impression share they need yeah to make it worthwhile but that's because we haven't caught up in organic yet to Mm -hmm. take some of that weight so yeah Yeah. one Um, more question yeah let's do I'll do two more quick ones. Okay. okay. So this is this is one that we may well end up asking every guest. So from from Olivia May in our SEO team, <laughs> is it on the SERPs or in the SERPs? I'd really love to hear Ed's temps thoughts on this first. Well, I say in the SERPs, but because it's search engine result pages, I want to say it's on the SERPs, but I don't think it'll change how I say it. But yesterday I was thinking that I need to refer to it as on the SERPs. Yeah, I was trying to think. I don't know. I think I'm in between the two. I'll probably change between. Got to decide, Pete. Uh, I'd go on the search. Okay. So we have a we have a consensus. <laughs> what about you? We all know what everyone means. Um, I would say if it's a single page, I would say on it. See, this is why I wanted your answer because it was yeah. more like. Well, so I'm not really. I'm not going. I can't cite a grammatical rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it was a single page, I would definitely say on. Yeah. But if we're talking about SERPs and plural, plural yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd okay. lean more towards yeah. in because you can't be. You're Ben's not changed my mind. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. The, that's the answer. That's the answer. <laughs> so right so the reasoning is you can't, you're not necessarily on every single instance of the SERPs. You're yeah. not on every single SERP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you can be sort of in the mix. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's kind yeah, of where yeah. I'm coming yeah. from. So it's on the SERP. The just just as we have yeah. on-page SEO as opposed to in-page SEO when we're talking about a single. Yeah. So yeah, okay. okay. So on the SERPs, if it's kind of a SERP. On the yeah, so on the SERP. On the SERP. Yeah. If it's a SERP, yeah, and then in the SERPs, yeah. which is you kind of competing. Yeah. For. I should have been in the Roblox text file. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm making this up as I go along. Yeah. So. Really cool. Everyone knows what I just say it to yeah. try and sound authoritative. Um, but I think that will bring us to the end yeah. of our very first uh, Rank Up podcast. Um, we will be back next month with more on-page SEO topics and debate. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, one thing that would massively help us as we're trying to get this off the ground is if you could leave a review on whatever podcast service you're listening, whether it's Google, Apple, uh, or one of the other apps that does it, Spotify, um, any reviews that you can leave, uh, particularly if they're five star, would really, really help us get off the ground and get some more visibility. Um, yeah. Because that's the that's the main way that people yeah. are going to find out about us. 
Um, we would also love to hear from you if you have questions for our guests or if you have submissions for robots.txt or even interesting stories that you'd be interested in us discussing. Um, all of that's going to help shape our future episodes. Cool. Um, we will be out every month. Um, we'll have uh, a new episode kind of mid-month is what we're aiming for, um, but we'll set that schedule so you always know when to expect it. But in the meantime, um, our sort of sibling podcast, uh, Outspeech, which is a digital PR podcast by Jess Hawks here at Impression, uh, will be coming out on the alternate fortnight to us. So we would really recommend you checking that one out. Um, and also, if you head over to the Impression blog, we have content going up there all the time. Just as an outro, Pete, do you want to kind of plug anything? So maybe your Twitter profile, I know that you created that wicked technical SEO dashboard. So uh, yeah. Um, so quickly. Twitter profile. So yeah, where do, Pete, where, where do people see these hot fire tweets? <laughs> hot fire tweets. So yeah, handle is just Pete Jov. Um, what what content have you done recently? So recently, <laughs> I've, I've been trying to up my game on it. So I've kind of did the technical SEO dashboard, and yeah. then generally they're kind of sharing content from impression or sharing yeah. funny things. That you've got a great cover photo. I've got a bloody great. <laughs> <cover> <laughs> photo. I'm bloody happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Excellent. Thank you so much, Pete. Uh, thank you, yeah. Ed. Uh, we will be back in April with your next instalment of On Page Comics.